Hello, good morning and welcome to NFL Only. But I say good morning, it could be anywhere where you're listening, it could be anywhere, it could be any time, I mean. Uh, I'm Beth Ferris, Kieran O'Connor, joined as always by John Bath and by Iron Mike Carlson, who if you can't see, is doing kind of shadow boxing. And this is a special episode, ladies and gentlemen. It is a one hour special on the Patriots at Steelers. We're going to go through everything about it. <laughs> well, I just I just want to, want to check because when I looked at it, and I was setting the over-under, guessing the over-unders. My guess on this one was 13.5. <laughs> and I'm not still not sure which way to bet it. They they were, I think they were afraid to go under 30. The actual over-under is 30.5. And I think they were afraid to go under 30, you know, because it would just be too embarrassing for everybody. It really, it really would be. Uh, the Patriots, yeah. I mean, pe- most people have seen the kind of crazy stats, Mike. We'll we'll start on that, I suppose, because it's well, it's funny. I think it's more funny. Do you know what? It's funny because the Patriots have just been you, such a team, it's such a dynasty. Like, and, and you can, now, this is you happening. can tell, you can tell how funny it is by the way Bill Belichick is laughing all the time. Well, let's get some things. Patriots have allowed twenty six points in the last three weeks combined, and they're zero and three. And I believe uh, that. Uh, the Chargers, I think they're like it's joined like the second team ever to cover a spread of minus five point five by only scoring two field goals. Actually, that that the Patriots that, cover the spread by not scoring. That <laughs> um, that yeah. is only on terms of teams who who kind of only scored two field goals, but only scored. As far as I'm aware, you have to go back to actually 1930s football. Yeah, absolutely. Have the kind of thing that we're seeing right now, yeah, Mike. Yeah, it was, I think it's 38, and, and it was not a good team. I think the Chicago Cardinals, I think, in, in 1938, um, were the last team to, to do this 10 or under and, and lose three in a row. Um, but a lot of games were that were low scoring like that in those days. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, you know... I, if anything gets Brandon Staley fired, it would be this win. <laughs> the fact that he could only score six points. I mean, the Patriots defense is good. We have we have to admit that. No matter who's playing, they seem to lose guys and put them in and stuff like that. So, you know, Bill can still coach defense or maybe Jared Mayo can or Bill's son can. So, you know, but the offense is just so hopeless. You know, you just thought at some point the only other active quarterback they had was Malik Cunningham, who's a rookie from Louisville, um, who's basically a runner a run pass kind of guy and, and, you know, and, and wasn't great enough to get, to uh, get uh, drafted early. Um, but, you know, why not put it in? It couldn't be any worse. You know, that's that. And, 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 and the, the frustrating thing is that whenever they make a play, someone unmakes it or doesn't make, it. you know, they had um, De- Devante Parker was open, you know, deep and they would have completed a 40 yard pass or so. And he dropped it. Um, you know, they, they, Go offside. Their line gave up two sacks in a row on two uh, on second and third down on two consecutive um, drives, and and each time the this third one third down one one tackle whiffed on the next one the next tackle whiffed. You know, it's like when it's bad, it's bad. This yeah. would be a good time though to recap last week. Well, you yeah yeah you go that, and then I'll tell you about some totals. But you go with that first. Okay. Hit me with the hit me with the yeah. best best because so I believe la- it's all good news. Last week it was all good news. The big three, <laughs> the big three were three and zero. Oh. Um, Kieran O'Connor, who's celebrating there in the in the closet in the closet with his jackets. Um, <laughs> what had, closet, Mike? That's a very dangerous it, <laughs> thing to say in a podcast. <laughs> had Atlanta minus three, 
against the Jets. And um, that one turned into a 13 to 8 slugfest, which was almost as bad as the Patriots. It was a lot closer than it thought it would be. So, and, and John had Houston. Um, which was twenty two seventeen. I could I marked out. I couldn't read it. I don't. I forget whether Houston was plus three point five or minus three point five. I think they were minus three point five. Right? Yeah, they were. Yeah, 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 they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and uh, but that was covered by five. And then I took the Patriots and Chargers, and you know under thirty nine point five. So it just, was, you just snuck in there, just a little. Bit it was a bit hairy. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a bit hairy at first when the Chargers <laughs> scored their first field goal. I thought, oh my god, they could they could make it to twenty one. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I covered that by thirty three and a half points, and uh, so we were all right. And right now, uh, Kieran is. A nice uh, NF NFC playoff contender, six six and one. Perfect. Uh, John's the in the in the NFC playoffs at seven and six, and I'm uh, you know just running up there behind the uh, behind the uh, Dallas Eagles and Dallas at nine and four. Yeah, Mike, you're looking for that. For, you're looking for that. Put that home by in the first round, huh? And in his <laughs> home, right. we could get lost. So that would be very dangerous. Um, <clears throat> we mentioned obviously. <clears throat> The uh, the total there for New England being 30. They have been falling in all the games. So so I'm just going to give you, uh, because there are weather concerns, which I'm assuming John was excited to tell you all about. But uh, Rams at Ravens, uh, expected wind of 20 miles an hour and rain. Uh, the points difference has moved to there from 44.5 to 42.5. Detroit at the Bears, again, rain and 25 mile an hour wind, 46.5 down to 41.5. Uh, Indianapolis and Happiness at the Bengals, 19 miles an hour, wind and rain. For some reason, the totals moved from 40 to 42. Who knew? Uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> it, it, it's going to help Gardner Minshew. <laughs> uh, very wet, 35 mi- a 30 mile an hour wind, uh, dropped from 40 to 34. Houston at Jets, 19 miles an hour, 39 to 34.5. And Pittsburgh at New England opened at 35 and fell to 30, but that's just because they're both shit. So there's <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with the weather there. Yeah, you're doing me proud there with the NFL weather watch update. I, I like Thank it. you, John. I thought it was uh, because there's been serious moves and it's all in the kind of the wrong way, I suppose, for people who like the over. And by the way, they overclicked in all the late games again. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I backed it again. <laughs> absolutely no well scientific done. reasoning behind it. No. I just... and, and the overs were nine and four, so... Big over week uh, last yeah, week, right? yeah. Um, so we will move on to the games, guys, because there's there's lots to talk about, and, and most of the things that we want to talk about in, in are, are around all of that, anyway. Um, so I was joking; we're not going to do an hour on it, but obviously we do start with Thursday <laughs> night football. It's Patriots and Steelers, as we've mentioned. The points are coming down nine to four about the New England Patriots. The Steelers are four to eleven. It is a six point spread. It is thirty point five. Is uh, the over under? And look, we, we'll stick with you, Mike, as as our regular uh, Patriot. Shall of say. Yeah. yeah, the Patriots are two to one on the money line. Yeah, that's they're a, nine that's, to four on the money yeah. line. They're out. Even oh, it's harder. going to nine to four now. It's going to okay. Yeah, and that's kind of unusual. I mean, you know, for but I, I don't see how logically you could argue against Pittsburgh in this game. Um, being at home. I mean, maybe because Mitch Trubisky is playing quarterback, but I had I made that same argument two weeks ago when the Patriots had the bye week to prepare for Tommy DeVito and the Giants. And it, did, <laughs> it didn't make a difference. It, given that the Patriots offense cannot score, it's hard to go with anything but Pittsburgh. And given that Pittsburgh's offense is only slightly above above the bad, the bad level, I think six is is a bit of a stretch there. Um, but if the weather's really bad and the field goals aren't falling, 
I'm not going to go under. I don't think on thirty point five, but it but it is very tempting, isn't it? Not? It's so low, John. It's so low. It's like it's, it's the lowest I've ever seen. I don't. I, can you recall seeing a lower? Can you can you recall seeing a lower a lower no. over under than thirty point five? I, I honestly, in all the years we've been doing this show, I don't think there's been one. The Texans are thirty two. Sorry, John. Thirty two point five. I think I think with snow we have seen a drop under thirty, okay. but that is when you have a blizzard. Like an act of God kind of inter intersects and makes it like that. Yeah. Remember, yeah, yeah I mean the there, Patriots John. Buffalo in the snow. I don't I don't even think that one was under thirty. But I don't think yeah, the snow had been predicted at that point, you know. Yeah, it kind of crashes when the snow you know, mm-hmm. like when, when you hear snow game, you think, right, that's you remember the one where we couldn't see even where the touchdown area yeah. was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh sorry, John. Yeah, so he, it was 30 points is really low. I mean, would you back it? Would you, would you back it and go to bed and wake up? Happy? Okay, well, I, was, I said in our WhatsApp group yesterday, I think the 30.5 is actually quite achievable in this, given how the, the Patriots, like Mike had said, have just, this is the worst offense I've seen in my time as being a, a follower of the NFL. Like, by far, they've scored 4.3 points per game in their last three and just 12.3 points overall this season. So, like, they're the they're the underbacker's dream with those types of statistics. And now, but the thing is, like, the Steelers aren't really much better despite that. <laughs> like, they've got they've got a, obviously a, a better record somehow in like a very very difficult uh, division. They're in the AFC North, but they're still there or thereabouts. And as we've said several times in this show, I think that's a great. You know, Mike Tomlin deserves a great deal of credit for always keeping this team in a fight, despite the fact that they're sometimes quite, quite awful as they seem to be so far this year. And like, you, you don't really think things are going to improve with uh, Mitchell Trubisky in there ahead of ahead of Pickett. But yeah, I think uh, this one it's difficult to not see this one as just being, particularly with the weather situation potentially being hazardous as well. It's it's difficult not to see this being another low scoring affair. And like, I mean. 30, perhaps it's just the 30.5 sticking out to me so much that's been in my mind the last day or two thinking about this game, but I'm still, I can't find myself an argument to go the over on this one with, with these two teams, <laughs> particularly with the Patriots. Okay. The, the Patriots about... and, the, and the last thing I will say is just the, uh, another thing that, that leans towards the under in this one, where the Patriots being incapable of scoring is the fact that it seems like they've lost Ramondre Stevenson there, who's like one of their only, yeah. you know, backable yeah. actual weapons that they have there to, to get some grounds and get some, get some, or get some, you know, yards and get some points on the board. So I think the, uh, the under here is a people, at the same time, I'm liking the, the Patriots been given six points in like a turgid, you know, three nine or like a nine point to three win for the Steelers. Nine eight, like finishes this. nine eight somehow. <laughs> yeah. Something the like Patriots that. Patriots go for two at the end. Yeah, exactly. I, I said it at the top of the show, but like the it was the same handicap uh, as last week, or maybe there were six point five against the Chargers. I think last week and five point five. Oh, was 5. it that? 5. Well, so they nearly got there without even scoring a point on the board. So Patriots with six points here is also actually yeah, it, it was six when we did the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was a push, but it came down to yeah. five point five because the Chargers oh, yeah, yeah. covered the spread uh, on Sunday spread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I see what you mean, but yeah, yeah. that just goes to show that this, I suppose. Patriots with a terrible offense and like a genuinely pretty above average to good defense, they can keep these games ridiculously tight. Which is pretty much what Pittsburgh is as well. Um, Although they've got a few more playmakers. Now, here's this scenario. Mike Tomlin is so pissed that they went to Arizona and got embarrassed in a 24 to 10 loss that the Steelers come out all fired up for the home crowd. Mitch Trubisky has one of those, you know, once every 
year and a half games where he he zips the ball all over the field and fi- finds finds receivers and the Patriots decide forget it we're not we're going to give up always throwing short on first <laughs> throwing a screen pass on first down running on second down and getting sacked on third down and we're just going to come out and fling the ball around the field and all of a sudden the game turns into a 21 to 10 kind of game and and we don't cover <laughs> yeah I don't I don't see it could happen because yeah, I mean when uh... Like the Eagles game was played in a downpour for most of it. Obviously, we're talking about two different teams, you know, two yeah. high powered. But the Eagles 49ers, like when you looked at it, because I backed the over in that and I had the over. And then they came on and I was like, ooh, it's really coming down during the second quarter. But I mean, it 70 points in the end, didn't it? I'm not saying yeah. it won't, but I'm just saying wind is something, yes. Rain, like surely they can still score. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. And then that the rain was was pretty solid. But it was only 14-6 at the half in that game. You know. Yeah, it was then... worrying. In fact, it was worrying all of them. I think the Panthers, the Panthers against, um, who were they playing, guys? Panthers played Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think there was only 10 points in the first half of that game. And uh, the yeah. spread was 38. Yeah. And they covered. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Rams, was that 10-3 at the break? And it was low scoring. Yeah, it went away in the fourth quarter. There's a bunch of points in the fourth. Yeah, thirteen yeah, ten and a half. Yeah, all, all of them looked like. I mean, I, I was at halftime. I was like, "Ooh, this is going to struggle." Someone, but in the end, they didn't really. Um, and John, mm-hmm. we will bring you to the uh, to your beloved uh, Cleveland Browns, who, well, of course, have got lucky and are playing Jacksonville without the star player. So the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Cleveland Browns, 7-5 about the Jags, 4-7 about the Browns, three-point spread, 30.5 is the over-under. Um, Trevor Lawrence down with an injury, a high ankle sprain, I believe yeah, is what I don't think saying. it's necessarily ruled out at the, as oh, I was reading on. last night. It looked night, really anyway. bad. He, yeah, yeah I mean, right. I'd be surprised if he plays in this one, um, but... It looked terrible. It looked terrible. It looked way but, worse. Like, yeah. when they said, yeah. oh, a uh, ankle sprain, I was like, because it looked like his foot was falling off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I, I I would guess that they he won't play. I mean, why if he's if he's got a high ankle sprain, you, he's going to need at least two weeks to rest it. You know why why run him out there? I mean, I yeah. understand every, they need every win, but but the, yeah, exactly. And this is the, they, these are two teams who are effectively maybe competing for a, a playoff spot. Well, uh, Jaguars look would be pretty safe at this moment, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, this one um, this will be interesting, particularly if it's two. Well, the Browns are on their you know backup 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 quarterback now, so perhaps that's an who's, advantage. Who's, have they announced Flacco as the starter? They actually haven't yet, but I no. assume that I assume that they will. I think he was reasonably uh, good in I that game. He played well. Yeah, I think so. And as I joked to to you, Kieran, in another one of our WhatsApp groups, the only we question now is the only question now is whether Joe Flacco goes into the Hall of Fame as a Raven or a Brown. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah, it was it was he was just just on Flacco. He was it was interesting to see like he'd been. He was effectively off the couch. You know, he'd been a he'd been in the in the room there, the quarterback room, for about ten days, um, maybe maybe two weeks, and uh, seemed to have got the the playbook a little bit under control and things like this. But it was a, it was unusual to see the Browns pushing the um the the ball so far downfield, and obviously that's that's Flacco's strength is literally his strong arm. So that was good to see as well. That opens up another sort of element of dynamism for the the Browns offense, which might come into play in this one if he starts. Personally, I'd have him ahead of. Uh, uh, DTR, the rookie Dorian Thompson Robinson, just for the sheer experience that he brings to the brings to the game. But um, as overall, not to focus too much on Flacco, this will be an interesting game, as we said, with the uh, with playoff permutations on the on the line here. I think this is a good one 
for Cleveland, not to be too much of a homer once again, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a home game. The weather situation might play into it, but the Browns so far this season are five and one at home, so they're very, very difficult to beat there. And I think this will be uh, this one leans a little bit more again towards Cleveland, depending upon the injury situation. Like the the much vaunted defense was kind of hit last week. They were they got no turnovers, they didn't get any sacks, and this is kind of like you wonder how serious like Miles Miles Garrett's shoulder injury it, was. It, it looked like he was playing one armed. Yeah, it did, and that's not a good. I like. To be fair, like a one-armed Miles Garrett is probably better than a lot of defensive ends in the league still. But you know, that's this Browns team is being held together by duct tape at the moment. It seems um, the the Jags have been in good shape this year as well too, and they you know they'll be um, disappointed how the how the game went on on Monday night. But of the two backup QBs, I'm a little bit more confident in Flacco if indeed that is the situation here. And I think the like I said, the Browns five and one at home. I'd expect them to go six and one at home here. But it's a, it, this is a much better Jaguars team than previous years, as we've stated on the show. But again, the uh, I've been burned on the the under in a, in a Browns game several times this year because the situation with the Browns is I think that they can actually because the defense is good and the offense is not good, they can realistically and this is kind of sounds like a cop out, but they can realistically win every game they play and they can also realistically lose every game they play. But I think um, the Browns. Giving away one and a half points is probably the way to go here because I think they can they can win this by like less than a touch. I think is it still thirty three and a half? Is the over under still thirty three and a half? No, it's thirty point five again. It's down, gone, it's oh, down, down to thirty point five. Wow, okay. wow, that is yeah. I, I, um, I'd probably look at the over in that case personally so with that precipitous drop. But yeah, I, yeah. the Browns to win with the over is probably my uh, my my go here. Yeah, I thought that you know, no taking nothing away from Jake Browning, who who was spe- pretty spectacular for Cincinnati um, against Jacksonville. But Jacksonville, C.J. Beathard would have been the star of that game, except he completed a forty-two yard pass to Calvin Ridley, and Harrison, the rookie tackle, got called for holding Sam Hubbard, and it was a very very soft call, and the referee threw the flag because Hubbard had his at the end had his arms out begging, begging for it, you know, but they were literally dancing with each other. Hubbard was in contact. They were, there was no real hold, real hold uh, that I saw there. Um, and then of course the second one, which the pass interference um, across the middle uh, to Ridley and the the uh, defender Valentine jumps on his back and takes him down by, with a bulldozer headlock basically. And uh, they didn't, think that that interfered I, after the game brad allen said you know didn't materially interfere with his ability to catch the ball <laughs> right you you try it brad um but you know so so given those two things i think cj bethard's pretty confident but they don't have christian kirk either um and that's going to be that's going to be a tough loss for their offense so um I kind of like the Jags with the point, and I also agree. I think I probably would go over on this one, being kind of optimistic that that Beathard and Flacco can repeat, you know, the reasonable performances that both of them both of them show. Flacco looked a lot better on highlights than he did if you watched the whole game. Yeah, he, well, he, he ran out of steam a bit towards the end. To be fair, yeah. he did, he did. But I, I, you know what? There was a crucial moment in that game, I think, which was the twenty twenty missed PAT. Uh, yeah. It felt like after that, Rams came out, Browns held them to basically three and out. The ball was kicked down. I think there's probably eight minutes left in the game. So when you see the final score, like they, there was like three touchdowns in the final eight minutes yeah. of it. But I think Flacco felt for the first time a little bit of pressure to mm-hmm. get the ball down the field. For the first time, he kind of went away from the plan 
Yeah, yeah there was that. There was that. Do you remember the interception he threw basically yeah. on the first drive? It, it was a good. Was it was it, a yeah. good shot. It wasn't a bad call. You know, take a shot downfield when they're expecting you. They do. Yeah, take a shot. Pretend. But but it wasn't there. I mean, it was it was obviously not there, and he yeah, he yeah. needed to he needed to just get rid of it, throw it away. Because the uh, 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 kickoff, the over under net was thirty nine point five. So that guy missing the PAT had everyone going. It was on the over. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> You got to be, don't be 2019 for too long. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, um, we were also talking about the other horrible call in that game, uh, in the Cleveland, in the Cleveland game, uh, one of the worst calls. It was Thornhill. The, um, we the were same, off air. Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned yeah, it was a 45 it, yard run. Was it that who was? But it was, uh, Puka. Yeah. Puka Nakua, um, had a 40 yard, uh, oh, yeah. uh, run and, and Demarcus Robinson got called for a hold where basically, Again, he and um, Thornhill were tied up, and then Thornhill right. just flung himself backwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a hor- another horrible one. The uh, other game at six o'clock. We're just going to have a quick look at uh, L.A. Rams, who we, we we've just spoke about a bit there. Uh, take yeah. on the Baltimore Ravens, five to two. About the Rams, the Ravens are three ten, seven point five is spread. Forty point five is the um, over under. Ravens are off a bye, right? Correct. This yes, they are. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Uh, they're three to ten. They're actually over a touchdown favorite. Uh, Mike, uh, to you first, over a touchdown favorite is that fair? I think so. At, at home, coming off a bye, um, the Rams. <clears throat> I, I I think Sean McVay. I might have said this last week too. I think Sean McVay, if it weren't for um, D'Amico Ryan's, would be my front runner for coach of the year. I think really? he's done an amazing job with the Rams because they don't have a whole lot of talent out there. When, when you know when you look at when you look at the lineup top to bottom, and again, if it weren't for C.J. Stroud, Puka Puka might be um, yeah. a rookie of the year favorite. Although you've got Zay Fly, um, um, Zay Zay Flowers um, for Baltimore, the, who's I think the other outstanding rookie receiver um, this season so far. So that that's going to be an interesting matchup. But um, I just think Baltimore rested is too strong for them. Um, and I'd be really surprised if, if the Rams can keep up with them on the on the road. Um, Seven point five is probably okay. I'd probably lean toward Baltimore on that. And what's the over under there when it was forty? 40 it's down to forty from forty two five. Yeah, forty. Yeah. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably look at the over on this one too. Mm. Um, John, anything, anything to add on that, or are you just, just because uh, I know before. Yeah, I no, I, like, I, ah. I would probably just agree with Mike on that one. Uh, Ravens to win, I think certainly, like you said, coming off the bye, and as well with the with Lamar Jackson being the. I mean, it's not necessarily relevant in this game, but being the last quarterback standing in the AFC North, I think is quite interesting as well. I think there's a, <laughs> there's a solid case that the Ravens still are the the best team in the AFC. I think we've said that a couple of times. So this is when we'll, we'll really start to find out if that's true or not, but I expect them to win. Uh, I can't, I can't imagine the, the the Rams get this one on the road. The AFC North where quarterbacks go to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be injured anyway. Um, the uh, Buffalo Bills take on the Kansas city chiefs. Um, we'll circle back to the Seahawks of 49ers as well, but uh, I, I, we, we don't know the sky games. Um, that's why we're, we're kind of running through some of the games. The guys want to highlight, but, Bills at Chiefs is a safe bet, I think, for Neil and the guys. Six to five about the Bills. KC Chiefs are four to six. Two point five spread. Forty seven point five is the over under. Uh, guys, um, John, we we've talked a little bit about uh, Kansas being lucky at times with the refs. Mm-hmm. It's fair to say they were pretty unlucky with a late call. And you don't want to you don't want to do you know 
this thing where we call out ref City Spurs at the weekend. Like Greenwich is going to score from that length. You call so it refs like about... nobody else ever made. That is true. I do. <laughs> However, it was a bad call in the Kansas game, which would have put them basically on the ten yard line. That was Valentine. I, I think I said Valentine on the other egregious yeah. pass interference. This one was the Valentine one. Yeah, that was on, the um, one. Would have put them in Mus- the eight. Was it Musgrave that he was? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. would have with, with, they needed eight, like so they would have still needed a touchdown and a two point conversion just to tie the game. But obviously, that's what a lot of people want to talk about. So you've got a team that like Kansas coming into this. They're at home this time now, four to six. Everyone will remember that amazing AFC Championship game from a couple of years ago, where oh, yeah. it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But they're not the Bills from that two years ago, and they certainly ain't the Chiefs from two years ago, are they? Yeah, I agree with you very much there, Kieran. I think you nailed it. Um, the Chiefs are they're still like, I mean, obviously, they're a lot of people would expect them to get the win last week when they're playing Green Bay, but I think we're just seeing more and more evidence that they're not the, like you say, Kieran, they're not the same team that they've been. And, uh, you know, if you just look at some of the statistics going into them, I think as of recently anyway, I don't know if it's changed in the last week or two, but they were dead last in the league for the most drops from the receivers. So that you can see is bleeding into Mahomes a little bit as well. He just seems to be, he just seems to have maybe like a half a second more hesitancy when he's throwing the ball. And that really, you know, for, for the, you know, I think everybody would agree that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football when he's on form. And like, it's to his great credit as well, that he's still probably like an MVP candidate, despite arguably having a, you know, not a great season by his, by his high standards. But I think this can, we can look at the Chiefs, but I think, but the I think the Bills are actually the more um, interesting team to look at because, you know, you look at the record, they're six and six on the year, but I still think that they're a good bit better than, than the, the standings would suggest. Like they pushed the Eagles pretty close, as you remember a week or two ago, uh, only lost late on in that one. But I think, you know, they're in, in net yards per play. They're, they're fifth. Um, and I think, com- I think they're coming off a bye to this one as well, unless I'm yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're, Kansas City, as we've said several times in the show, have problems defending the run, and there aren't many more effective mobile quarterbacks when he gets going than than Josh Allen. Even though they've tried to strip that away, it seems a little bit this year, probably just to protect his health for their franchise quarterback and their their biggest asset. But if they're gonna, you know, take the shackles off a little bit, this could be a big game for for Josh Allen to get that going again. I think there's a lot of there's some value in this Buffalo Bills team here being given two and a half points on the road to a Kansas City Chiefs team who aren't, like we say, the well-oiled unit that they've been in the past. So I kind of picked the Bills to push the Eagles close a week or two ago, and I think I will do the same. I think that the, the Bills can get this one over the line against Kansas City. I think coming off the bye, a good game from Josh Allen, the Kansas City team slightly underperformed but can stick around. I think the Bills can get this one by a, by a field goal or so. Mike, you put the you put the kind of the you built the grave for the Bills a couple of weeks ago, really. You just said it's over for them. Right? I thought, yeah, and I, I still think it, it it probably is because looking looking at their um their schedule after Kansas City, they have to go to they have Dallas. Um and then it gets a little bit easier. Uh Chargers, New England, and uh, then they're at Miami the last game of the season, which will be a tough one for them in in the heat. Um, Kansas City, I mean, in, in fairness, they did get the break on the Owens hitting Mahomes out of bounds. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and and the good news for M- MVS was that he didn't drop that pass. He got mugged by Valentine. So instead of like the week before where he dropped what would have been the winning touchdown pass, this time he this time he just got mugged. Um, but but having said all that, I think 
I think the Bills, unless they run Allen, which is as John as John said, it's a it's a real key. They need him to to run and to break contain um, from from Kansas City's defensive line. That to me is their the key for their offense. And I think Kansas City, on the other hand, will be able to run the ball better against Buffalo than they did against Green Bay. And they ran pretty well against Green Bay. They just couldn't stick to it. And the second level for um, Buffalo since Milano has been gone and other problems, they'll be able to attack that as well. Um, so to me, it's does Allen gain enough yards rushing and do the Kansas City receivers give Mahomes a break, you know, and, and it's not just the long bombs that, that, you know, I mean, it'd be nice to have one or two, but they've got to be able to throw the ball across the middle field. It's their bread and butter. You know, even when Tyreek Hill was there, Hill made a lot of big plays running medium depth slants and catching the ball in stride, you know, and then just continuing to run the rest of the way down the field. They don't have anything like that this year. Okay. Um, just before we go to Eagles Cowboys, Mike Seahawks 49ers, 4 to 1 about the Seahawks, 2 to 11, 49ers. But my mind, mind's eye and my eye and all my eyes are drawn mind. to the 10.5 on that, which is kind of a, it's a reaction, isn't it, to what they did to the Eagles more so than who they're yeah, playing? I, I think so. And, you know, and, and if you take away the three games that they lost when they didn't have Debo and Trent Williams, um, and this is the weakness sort of San Francisco is that they they've got a core of, of you know really good players star star skill players but they can't really afford to lose any of them there's they, you know um they don't have they don't have but if you take that away they've scored 30 points in every game except one and that was 27 you know so so they're going to put points up Seattle's so frustrating because you know they're supposed to be a good defensive team but they're not actually that good defensively um you know it's it's a lot of it is Pete Carroll's Pete Carroll's rep and um and offensively they're pretty shaky so uh, i i i agree 10 and a half is probably a big spread and Seattle kind of know how to play San Francisco so it, i wouldn't be averse to taking Seattle and the points. Um, and this one is one, another one where I might go over on 46, five, which I think yeah, is, I think over is, um, I think over overs in play Seattle in the NFC is actually the key team in the NFC right now because they play San Francisco. And then next week they're at home against Philadelphia. And the yeah, results think- of those two games are going to have a huge, you know, impact on what the final standings are. Yeah, but it's interesting. So, by the way, the Super Bowl uh, 49ers are now favorites for the Super Bowl. Three to one about them. Eagles nine to two, eleven to two. KC thirteen to two. Baltimore Ravens. Miami Dolphins fifty to two, and it is eights. Well, that's are... pretty long on the Dolphins, isn't it? No, yeah, there were tens when we did our preseason show, so they've come in another fifty to two. Like they've moved ahead of Dallas, who are now out to eight to one. What do Miami um, and Dallas have in common? Um, they're both hot. Neither have beaten a team with a winning record. Is that so interesting? Well, yeah, we mentioned this about Dallas being flat track bullies, but who did Dallas beat last time? Last week. Did they not have a winning record? No. Okay. While you're looking at that, <laughs> NFC Conference, uh, 49ers now 11 did they play? Eagles are five to two. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. Seattle was six and five. That's yeah, that's it. No, neither, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they have that they've broken that string. KC Chiefs two to one for the AFC, the Ravens five to two, Miami Dolphins three to one, tens bar. That is your update on the outrights, and I suppose that's because 
the San Francisco 49ers are now the favourites for NFC and moving out the Philadelphia Eagles who take on the Dallas Cowboys 7-5 Eagles Dallas Cowboys 4-7 3.5 spread 52.5 is the over under Mike is, if da- you... is Dallas is Dallas still even on the money line yes at minus 3.5 yeah wow um, right if you're the Eagles now what are you thinking right because Jalen Hurts has obviously got a kind of an issue um uh, he, he didn't run as well, shall we say, against San Francisco. I think he only had 20 yards, which is much below what he was. But obviously, they were in you know, need of him really throwing the ball. Uh, he went out with concussion uh, and came back in. I'm not too sure why he came back in. Uh, it looks now like the home field advantage thing is gone for them. Well, and the other thing that they're worried might, they might think about is that 49ers have already come into the house and raided it. Yeah. So... Like, should they rest Jalen Hurts at any point over the next three or four weeks? Do you think they actually well, might? Well, they might. I mean, and whatever is bothering him, and it could be an accumulation of, of smaller things. But after yeah. the Seattle game next week, the, it's Giants, Arizona Giants. Um, so, you know, if you, if you, I think Philadelphia with Mariota at quarterback could beat the Giants at home. Um, that's not, that's hardly improbable. I think this is actually going to be a tough game um, for Philadelphia. You know, you could write off after the first quarter that Philadelphia felt, you know, sort of the, the, the air went out of their balloon, you know, for the rest of the game. And they looked kind of flat. They weren't tackling well. Um, and you can argue that they were subs who missed those key tackles, um, you know, not not their normal starters, but that's who's going to be playing um, against Dallas. And and if you don't have, I think they'll be up for this one. I think they'll they'll have something to prove, but they're going to run into a tricky defense that that I think they need. They're going to need to bust open early, or else they're in a lot of trouble. Um, and the strength of Philadelphia right now is their front on both sides of the ball, but, but the back seven on defense is much more questionable than they were at the, at the start of the year. And, and just as a, I mean, I, I think of it as everyone's saying, well, Philadelphia is not as good as they were last year. I think it's just that they're playing better teams this year. They're playing a really mm-hmm. tough, tough schedule. And last year they played a really easy schedule. Yeah, um, so, you know, I, I think that's almost all of the, you know, you can look at injuries. You can look, I don't think they're any weaker player to, by player than they were you know, last year. Um, but I, I kind of like I kind of like Dallas in this one. Um Ooh, Mike Tippin Dallas alert. You know, well, alarm? It, straight up. I mean three and a half is there because it's temp you know, three and a half is there to tempt you with this with the close game. Um and um but I might t- I might take Dallas even money on the money line. Um just to outright win. No, but that's a four to seven to win the game. Even money oh. is minus three point five. Sorry, did I? Oh, sorry. I sorry no, I, I miss. I misunderstood. Yeah, that's okay. Even um, money giving three point five. It's not. That's that's very tempting in a lot in a lot of ways. Um, would the, and both of you can answer this question a little bit. It was only while I was watching the game against San Francisco 49ers. I was just wondering, were the 49ers because they changed their defense, obviously having played the Eagles before and lost. Um so the change did they I guess did they give too much away maybe? Like that's it, always is a it problem. an annihilation like did you just give away too many too many schemed routes, too many 
things that you did on defense for an Eagles team to come back and look at it and say, right, well, next time, lads. That's that's arguable. Although offensively, they pretty much ran, you know, they pretty much run the same basic game plan all the time. You know, the Eagles, the the Eagles will be looking at that left side, you know, run game and and how to cope with how um, how to cope with Trent Williams. who was who had a really good game? They and McCaffrey got a lot of yards behind him. But I think they'll mix that up. Defensively is a different story because Hufnaga is out, but they played a lot of the game without Dre Greenlaw, thanks to Big Dom. And um hilarious moment. Wasn't that great? And I mean I mean the NFL, Why is he on the sideline? Who needs a security guy on the sideline? Anyway? That's right. We, um, the NFL's just got to look at all these credentialed people who are there on the sidelines and keep them out from in front of the back, you know, to keep them keep them away from the side, the actual sideline. You know, the reason he's there is because if he stood behind the team, he wouldn't be able to see the game. Um, but that's, that's kind true. of where he should where he should be, you know. Um, and these security guys. He's actually got a title of something like assistant to the general manager or something. But, you know, they're they're crucial, especially for some reason. It used to be this guy, Mike Murphy, with the Giants that we used to run into quite a bit. We seem to run into quite a bit, even though, you know, like at a Super Bowl and at Giants preseason training in in 07. And he was he was a tougher looking guy. He was about as big, but didn't look soft around the edges the way the way Big Dom does. Big Dom looked like he likes likes food. Yeah, he's he likes to go down to two in his time anyway. That's he's right. He's down South yet. Philly and eating the yeah. eating the hoagies there. John, um, um, <laughs> John, where do you stand on the idea that uh, the 49ers might have given too much away of the plan? Are you against it, Boris? Um, I don't know. I'd rather play the game in front of me and win it to the best of your ability than think about too far down the road because you know what they say about best laid plans, Kieran. No, so I, what do they say, John? <laughs> there's a second part to that thing. Basically, they don't always work. I'll Google it. <laughs> yeah. I plan but, to Google that. But I think, uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be a proponent of just, yeah, play the game in front of you, get the win by all means necessary. Obviously, don't overstretch yourself. Like, you're, I know what you're getting up there, and you want to keep some stuff in the bank for the uh, for the playoffs. But, you know, this was as big a game as they are going to play all season. So, And they got they won by 20-odd points. So, you know, they're that will... You, Give them a bit of fuel going for the rest of the season as well. They know they they can pretty, be pretty confident that they're the best team in the NFC, and they'll go into the rest of the games of the season knowing that. So I think that's a that's. A and how they get on with that in yeah. the Dallas game? What yeah, do you if, if you if you think about teams that play in the division, you know, say Dallas and Philadelphia, they're not going to hold things back for the playoffs. You know, um, because they might not meet in the playoffs. That's that's yeah. another, you never you never know what's going to happen. You know, but you you know you have to change your game plan week in week out to some extent um but with a team like it it reminds me a little of the green bay packers back in the lombardi days when his, his mantra was all about execution it was the most important thing and, and they basically ran a very simple playbook but they executed it really well mm-hmm. and they ran it out of different formations different when you think about shanahan's you know offense they execute it really well and when they are executing really well, that's the the way the way to break up that offense is is to bust up the play before it starts. You know, dominate them inside, um, make the runners take an extra step out, you know, outward before they can get the ball. That kind of thing, and um, no one's really been able to do that. You know, Philadelphia couldn't do it, and Philadelphia is arguably the best defensive line in the league. 
Yeah. Okay, John, quickly, um, who you got, Eagles or Cowboys? Uh, I got the Cowboys. The Eagles are going to lose two straight here, and I think it might even be more than the, the 3.5 handicap as well. I think um, it'll be a defensive game. I'll be looking at the under uh, a little bit as well, just because it's a 52.5. It's one of the higher ones that we'll see this week or probably this month almost, certainly. It's but, the uh, highest this week, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think both of these teams have flattered to deceive a little bit at various points of the season, but I think Cowboys at home, and like we've talked about it as well, Kieran, I know you're a fan of Dak Prescott. He's been playing very well this year. Uh, so he's, he's the informed quarterback in the league, at least in the last two or three I'm or really pointing weeks. that out. It doesn't say I'm a fan. I'm just merely pointing out he's faced I a lot. I know you love the guy. I've seen the in your bedroom, Kieran. Yeah, he, you're he not. Now. No, I would never accuse you of being a giant uh, Cowboys fan. <laughs> yes. Fan, the, fan doesn't begin to cover it. Yeah. Thank but you. The, Thank I suppose the, the final you're, thing... You're the Chris Christie of Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> the, the final uh, thing I will say, how I led me to that conclusion, is that the uh, looking at the stats and things like this, the Eagles are dead last in the NFL at allowing opponents to convert third downs, which they do on basically every second third down opportunity that they give up. So uh, I think if you're giving the ball to Dak Prescott that much and letting him drive the ball down the field, I think that's going to lead to a few more points on the board. I don't think they'll reach 52-5, though. Yeah, I mean, there's three great romances in the NFL right now. Okay. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, right? Love it. And that, and that gets all the attention for obvious reasons. Jonathan Owens and Simone Biles, the American gymnast. They go out, do they? They're dating. Well, they're married. Oh, they're married. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. When when he she's from Houston, when he played in Houston, they got they got married. And Jerry Jones and Chris Christie. <laughs> <laughs> that one's under the radar, I gotta say. <laughs> I just hope I just hope Chris Christie's in his box for this game against Philadelphia. It would be so appropriate. Um, it's such a weird one. It's just why we love the sport, I guess, in terms of like the Eagles kicking off against San Francisco 49ers. They knew that if they won that game, they've probably got the number one seed. They've probably yeah. got the home field advantage all the way to the Super Bowl. They've lost that game. Um, and if they were to lose to the Cowboys, they, you know, they're, they're basically behind them now as well. And you're like, okay. Uh, yeah. The season no, but the, needs to get back on track. Yeah, the if that happens, the NFL is going to go to a committee to pick the playoff teams like the oh. NCAA does. What a cri- – we're not even going to get into it, but what a <laughs> stupid way to pick things out. Like, the weirdest thing – I'll just do so a dopey. short – I'll just do a short thing. And, and you know, apart from saying I thought – the I think the board thinks Texas is already in the SEC, which they're going to be next year. You know, They are, yeah. But um, if you looked at this year's playoffs – there are eight teams. They could have a perfect eight-team playoff, and no one would be upset about who was in and who wasn't in. The eight best teams in the country are pretty clear, and um, you'd, you'd have four great matchups. Next year, the Power Five conferences become only four conferences. And of those eight teams this year, five of them will all be in the Big Ten. And, uh, four of them will be in the Big Ten, and three of them will be in the SEC. And only one of them can win each of those conferences, mm-hmm. but they're expanding to twelve teams. So it's going to be one of those, you know, scatter scatter shot roulette wheel kind of kind of things. Um, and you know, I, I think why don't they just make it all easy? Just go to two conferences, put all the the best teams into one and then the other. Yeah, and they are ending and moving stuff. So I suppose yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely one for. Well, it's one for another day because we're almost running out of time. Uh, a reminder of the offer on NFL uh, on Betfair every weekend, which is uh, Bet5 on uh, Bet Builders and get a five quid free bet. Uh, 
check out the terms and conditions on the description for this pod if you wish to, but do do that one on uh, Sundays. It's a nice little one to have, a little fiver on a little game, get yourself a free bet. Boom, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. And, Tennessee Titans, uh, yeah, oh, what you, am I looking at? Am I looking at Titans? Monday night, doubleheader on Monday night. Doubleheader, yeah. let's do them quick, okay. Okay, yeah, they're simultaneous. You can't watch one, you have to watch one or the other. Uh, so let's we'll, concentrate we'll the, Titans them both at the same time. <laughs> Mike, or no, John, Titans, yes. Dolphins, who you got? Um, I've got Dolphins to win, but I think the uh, the handicap here is 13.5. 13.5. I think that is probably a little bit too big, and I think that's giving the Dolphins a little bit too much credit, particularly given the fact that the Dolphins have actually conceded more points than Tennessee so far this season. So I think Ooh, Dolphins... Yeah, That's a good stat. Not, not by much. It's only by about 10 or 15 or something like this, but I checked it yesterday. Um, yeah, so I think I yeah, Dolphins to win. Dolphins to win, but uh, it'll probably be by less than 13.5. So you so you think the over there is good? It was 47 yeah, yesterday. The over then. Dolphins, yeah. the Dolphins do, like, I think because the Dolphins score so much, maybe we've just missed out on that stat, but Dolphins are a heavy scoring team. Yeah. Uh, they've got their fins up. <laughs> And Tennessee has a losing record, so Miami should win. Um, the last time Miami beat a team that had a winning record was week two in last season. Oh, yeah, what's wow, winning okay. record? Packers yeah. and Giants, 6.5 that, that's, really, that, that's really interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, do the Packers have an answer to Tommy DeVito? I don't yes, know. They do. <laughs> <laughs> the over-under on that is tempting because that's 37-5. And I, I might be tempted to go under on that one. Yeah, I probably would too. Just brief. But do you want to know the one the one little fact that I saw about this game that I thought was very interesting? Oh, yeah. Matt, Matt LaFleur as the Green Bay Packers coach ah, yes. is undefeated in December. Perfect 14 and 0. 16. Is it 16? 16 and 16 and 0. In in December, so yeah, I, I mean, man. sorry for any Giants fans. I know that we've I as Al too. Michaels said, it's a different story in January and February. It's like, when was the last time Matt Lafleur got to February? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, so we were all uh, perfect on our best bets, uh, but obviously we will do what we always do, which is we will go in honor of seniority based on age. So, Mike, you shall go first. <laughs> is that what we always bets. do? Um, <laughs> that's what we always do. I'm Over really tempted. I'm really the Undertaker is still the Undertaker is still eating meat. Um, I'm really tempted by 30.5 with New York with New England and Pittsburgh, but I think I'm going to just be chicken out and take 39.5 with Tampa and Atlanta. Under. Would you have been looking at over or under, Mike? In the under, the, under in the under. thirty, under yeah. in the thirty-five. Yeah, I'm trying to talk okay. myself out of that as well. I mean, as, unless I've got a last minute, I'm also looking at the Packers Giants game a little bit too. I think that might hit the under. You know, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. I'll take it. I'm gonna go under in the Patriots. Okay, my man. Just given the, it's it's the game that I've probably thought about most in putting together these notes and looking at the weekend. And I just I can't talk myself out of going under again. I'm, I I flip flopped a little bit. If that was, I'd love it if that was like thirty two five or something. But I think yeah, I'll I'll go with the under and and see what happens here. Yeah, uh, I am looking at a game we didn't talk about, which is the Detroit Lions taking on the Chicago Bears. The spread is, or the over-under, sorry, is 40.5. I think that game can go over uh, 40.5. Um, That's a good bet. It's, it's in Chicago, so I think the Bears will put up a decent fight against the Lions, but I do think the Lions are better side. They're 8-15. to They're actually quite tempting, minus three, because that would be a push with a field goal. Um So you'd be you'd be doing all right, but I, I, I think I'll take the over, because I think... Yeah, I think I think that'll sneak over. I see I see a 44, 40, 44 to forty six point game mm-hmm. there. It's a good shot, I think. Is that your phone ringing, Mike? That you muted really quickly. That was my phone ringing. Yeah. 
Oh, the bingo is complete. We tipped the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> and your phone rang. All we need it's, now is the postman or the dog to bark. That was Philly. Yeah, that was my buddy Philly Mike on the phone, too. So, you know, I could have heard. I could have brought him on to talk about the Eagles, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ask me about the head of security. And uh, that is it for this week. We'll be back next week with another episode of NFL Only Better. Looking ahead to the weekend section, the season really starting to take shape now. Only about four or five weeks left uh, in the regular season, but of course we will be previewing all of the action all the way through to the Super Bowl. Thank you so much for listening. My thanks to John for joining me this morning. My thanks to Iron Mike Carlson. Uh, I'm Beth Fairs, Kieran O'Connor. Please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend. We're back again on Wednesday next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.